two years ago yesterday. A fabulous event occurred on television. Some of you will remember this, and if you're too young to remember what happened 32 years ago, you need to go Google this one. It was one of the greatest events of television history. You know what it was? They really built it up. It was huge. Geraldo Rivera, the mystery of Al Capone's vault. Do you remember the mystery of Al Capone's vault? Oh, for weeks and weeks and weeks, they tantalized us with they found the secret treasure of Al Capone and was behind this wall in Chicago. And Geraldo on live TV was going to have construction workers with jackhammers open the wall and then we could see the loot. It was supposed to be just fabulous. And I guess America watched. I think I did. And do you know what they found? Nothing. <laughs> it was empty. It was empty. If, if I could ever run into Geraldo, I don't care what he's done in his career, the first thing I'd say, you remember the Al Capone vault? That's what I would say to Geraldo. Empty isn't good. Maybe your stomach is making noises now. Or your neighbors. Empty is not good. On occasion, uh, one of us in our household has been known to put an empty container back into the refrigerator. Uh, and after the children are gone, there's really no one to blame it on. And when the other one finds it, then they know that, well, I did uh, <laughs> Empty isn't if you own real estate, if you have tenants, you want the houses to be full. Empty is not good. Maybe you remember this commercial from a few years ago. It goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. 
And then it says, I'll return to the person I came from. <laughs> so it returns and finds it, its former home empty, swept, and in order. And then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and they live there. And so if that person is worse off than before, that'll be the experience of this evil generation. Scary stuff. The danger of an empty life here is shown. One question that might pop in your mind is why the demon leave in the first place? Well, maybe it's someone that Jesus cast out. A demon Jesus cast out earlier in Matthew 12 and verse 22. We meet this man. This is right before Jesus told this. A demon possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so he could both speak and see. Implied there he cast out the demons that were causing this. Could it be this man? We, we don't know. I wonder whatever happened to him. Some guess, uh, and probably the biggest guess, is that it was maybe someone that was baptized by John the Baptist. And then they never followed Jesus. Now, we don't know that's true either. It's a guess. But the reason some think it is this, that they got their life cleaned out by John's baptism, but they didn't accept Jesus, is from Acts chapter 19, verse 5 verses. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. They replied, the baptism of John. And Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So it's interesting that before Jesus, and we know baptism means the death, the burial, and then the resurrection. Before Jesus was baptized, people, John was. And it really wasn't a death and a resurrection because the resurrection hadn't occurred. It was really borrowing from a Jewish custom of really a cleansing, like a holy bath, if you will. We read this about John the Baptist in Matthew 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus' ministry was about to begin. In verse 11, John said this, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater, I'm not even worthy to be a slave and carry a sandal. He'll baptize with you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so some are guessing maybe this is somebody that kind of got their life cleaned up when they heard John, but they really didn't have the whole truth about Jesus. Could be. Other reasons the demon could have left, maybe it was New Year's and the man made a New Year re resolution. We do that today, don't we? You know, come January the 1st, I'm going to stop doing this, I'm going to stop doing this, I'm not going to do this. And, well, maybe he just tried to clean his life out on his own. Maybe his family had an intervention. He walked into the house and they all jumped on him and said, you've got to stop doing this and doing this and doing this. And he said, okay. And he cleaned his life out. Maybe it was a health scare. 
And a doctor looked at it and said, okay, you got to stop this and this and this. These things happen today. Okay, he kind of stopped. Maybe he got married. His wife told him he needed to change. What we do know is that his life cleaned up. Out with the bad. But then he didn't fill it with anything. And so it was empty. Like those we've had in Acts 19. The Holy Spirit of God was not in him. And he was trying to live on his own power. We're doing this today because next week we begin a study on the Holy Spirit. And we'll be studying the Holy Spirit for several weeks. So this is getting us ready for that. Let's read Matthew 12 again about the empty life without the Holy Spirit. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, seeking rest and finding none. A lot's been made about it going into the desert. Uh, Jesus was tempted by the devil when he was in the desert. Some say they liked the, the hot because, well, hell, who knows. Then it says, I'll return to the person I came from. So it returns by the former home, empty, swept, and in order, but not filled with the Spirit of God. Then the Spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. They all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than even before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. So the truth here is, without the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're sitting dust. And there are so many illustrations. Let me begin with one that you could add a name to if you wanted from the sports world. A lot of names. Let's say an athlete gets in trouble. And it's during the season. And so what does the team do? Well, if he's not a very good athlete, they cut him. But if he's really good, they do everything they can to help him out. They hire a PR firm to kind of spin the situation. They hire a legal team to make sure that they keep him out of jail. And then they might even hire a babysitter to follow this athlete around and to keep him out of certain places and they have a curfew for him and this person follows him around to make sure that he behaves. They might call it a handler. I think that's what they call it, not a babysitter. But as time passes and the trouble blows over and the season ends, well, the team may let the player have some freedom now. No more babysitting. And even though the player made some changes, during the season, without God in his life to fill the void, he's doomed. Trouble's going to come. And Jesus said it could come worse than it was in the first place. We have to be so careful. I read recently that there's a machete attack in great spirit in every 90 minutes. Every 90 minutes. They didn't just say knife, they said a machete attack is occurring somewhere in the United Kingdom. Why? Because they took the guns away. It's a result of strict gun laws. Now they're having trouble with knife attacks. The government thought that if they limited guns, the people would be safe. Well, now they're talking about limiting knives. And then they're using acid on top of knives and throwing it at people. You see that on the news all too often. If they decide to ban knives, you think everybody will behave then? <coughs> then they'll use gasoline and light up fluid and matches. And then they'll have to ban gasoline. The problem is with empty lives. 
The people of this world need God. Monday at uh, Grant Allen's funeral, uh, Bill read some of Grant's memoirs. Grant was talking about growing up on a farm, and he got a gun when he was eight or ten years old, and you could buy dynamite at the hardware store to move stumps out of the farm. And Grant wrote, now that would have been in the 40s, I guess, when this was occurring. Grant wrote, we never thought about shooting anybody with our guns or blowing up anybody with our dynamite. Because his life was still. He had the Spirit of God in his life. Back to the empty life in Matthew 12. The Greek word for empty is a, is a word, skalazo. It means this. It means to loiter, to be idle, or to be at leisure. And so what it's really saying is, if we're not careful, if we're not moving in the right direction, if we're just coasting, then we're a target. Proverbs chapter 6 puts it this way in verses 10 and 11. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed warrior. We have to be on our guard all of the time. All of us need to seek the help of the Holy Spirit of God every moment of every day. And why do we need to do it every day? Well, the truth is we leak, don't we? We ask God to fill us and then God fills us and then we drive on 285. You know what I'm talking about. Or then it's a certain day or then that neighbor comes. Then the phone rings. Well, we leak. And we need to see God's filling all the time. 1 Peter 5, 8 warns us. It says, discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. And that is true. And that is frightening. But the good news is, greater is he that is in us than he that is in us. The great news is that the Holy Spirit of God wants to help us and to make us strong. To make us very strong. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the weeks ahead. So, how do we know about our lives being full or empty? Well, on a car there's a gauge. It'll tell us the gas is empty or the gas is full or somewhere in between. You know there are gauges in our lives? There really are. Our attitudes are gauges of how much the Holy Spirit of God is in us. Our actions are gauges. Our language is a gauge. Our thoughts are gauges. I hope that you will join us in the weeks ahead for a life-changing study on the Holy Spirit. Life-changing. It really is. So, here's your homework. Ask God every day to continue to fill you. Every day ask the Holy Spirit of God to ride along with you wherever you're going and be with you in all of your conversations and all of your relationships and everything you do. We're going to conclude today with a blessing. Before the blessing, I want you to stand, please. I'm going to read it first and then we'll put it on the screen after that. May the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Let's repeat this to one another as our closing.